Hallelujah. That's more like it. It's always a pleasure to minister the Word of God. We'll share some news. Pastors Mark and Brenda are on a trip right now. We'll share a little bit about that uh, afterwards. But what I want to get to is the Word of God because we didn't come here today to play church. We came here to hear from the head of the church. Is that right? I mean, put your spiritual ears, get your antennas up. God wants to talk to you today. Say, God wants to talk to me today. And I'm going to listen. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word. It's holy. It's alive. It's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It does things. It rearranges. It breaks things. It, it exalts. Lord, we commend uh, ourselves to the word, your word, the word of your grace that's able to build us up and give us an inheritance. Thank you, Lord, for the wealth in Christ Jesus. I thank you for every friend that's under the sound of our voice. Give us utterance today, the ability to speak and the ability to hear what you're saying in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would turn with me, please, to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10. I so appreciated what Pastor Mark ministered last week. If you were in the first service, he admonished us. He said he ministered wonderfully on the name of Jesus, faith in the name. And the second service is a, a different message, and I, if you didn't already do that, I encourage you to download it or get it from the um, bookstore. It is free of charge. And he talked uh, powerfully about managing your life and, and, and other things. One of, one of the topics that just screamed at me is, are you prepared for what God has prepared for you? Are you prepared? God is not a haphazard God. He's got plans. Yeah. And he, he hasn't run out of memory. He hasn't run out of wisdom. He hasn't run out of supply. He's got a plan for you and a plan for me right now in 2013. I want to read this scripture to you. For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, created or recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those works. Everybody say works. Do good works, which God predestined, He planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the bad life. Oh, I, I just want to make sure you're awake. Living the, somebody say the good life, which He has prearranged and made ready for us to live. I remember going. Uh, on a cruise, we went to Hawaii, uh, my wife and I, uh, many years, several years ago. And uh, the travel company, uh, you know, we were expecting that we were going to have people greeting us. We arrived in Honolulu and got off the airplane and we went to the place where they told us to meet and it was a ghost town. There was nobody, no luggage, no people, nothing. And we sat there and we, we saw our itinerary. Our itinerary said, you're supposed to be here at this time and you cannot miss, if you miss the bus and you miss the boat, it's over. How many of you know it's not good to miss the boat when you're going on a cruise? Hallelujah. <laughs> Especially to Hawaii. So we, I waited just about as long as I could. I couldn't stand it. The timeline was getting too tight. And the piece of paper said there would be people here greeting us. They had arranged, pre-arranged for people to greet us. Hello. Yeah. But there was nobody there. So I began asking. I found somebody with some kind of a uniform. 
Uh, God blessed that person. It was like a jumpsuit. Must have been a maintenance person. He says, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Hawaii cruise. Yeah, they moved that down to that other terminal way, back, way down there. I says, are you serious? So my wife ran to that terminal, and that's where everybody was. They had all the, all the traditional wear, you know, the Hawaiian print shirts and all the flowery things. They put one on you. And all of a sudden, it seemed like you couldn't take but three steps without somebody else wanting to put another lay on you or say aloha or something. Everybody's right this way, right this way. So I just want to share something with you. I know what it's like to get someplace that's supposed to be prearranged and nothing's happening. And I know what it's like to go someplace where somebody planned and there's something waiting for you. And it's better to go to a place where somebody prepared something for you than to go somebody and do life cold turkey without God. Hello. You cannot do life cold turkey without God. Trying to reinvent the wheel. But I'm telling you what, God has prearranged some things for you. And he didn't, said, he didn't say it was the dreary life. He said it was the good life. Stay with me. Hallelujah. You know, in Psalms 90 and verse 12, it says, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. Just, just, th- this is just by way of inter- introduction. In case you have not figured this out, we're not going to be doing this all the time, forever. Heart of the Bay Christian Center, all of we're not going to be here. I'm not going to be, you're not going to be here forever and ever. There's a day coming where this is all going to, it's going to change. It's all going to be different. We'll either be in heaven or we'll, we'll be in heaven. Jesus will have come back. But see, there is a measured period of time that you have right now on the earth. Your life is precious, friend. I don't know what you've been through, but your, the breath that you take has been measured out to you. We've all been given the gift of life. And we need to make the most of every opportunity to live life to the full. The good life that he's prearranged for us. Things change. So enjoy what you have right now. And we, not only that, I I so appreciate what Pastor Mark shared. He he taught us about how you have to be careful about your associations and take take an inventory of your life. What are you doing? What Some things that used to work two or three years ago, you've got to cut that off because it's just weighing you down. You don't have time to waste. I don't care if you're 87 like my mama, who will be here in tonight's service. (laughs) I don't care if you're 87 or you're 13. Listen to me. If you're 16, you cannot afford to waste time. God has given you a wonderful good life to live. So enjoy it to the full. And I, I put it this way. We can't afford to waste our life with trivial pursuits. And, and these, are, these are activities that are of very little importance or value, insignificant. Now, Pastor Mark talked about being overly busy. How you doing? Well, I'm busy. Yeah. Well, I, I so appreciate our pastor because he knows how to live a balanced life. He works hard, but he plays hard too. There's a time to rest. You got to learn the rhythm of life. Learn how to work. But see, when your life is out of balance, I'm going to talk to the teenager now. If, well, maybe some other one. If, if you're spending uh, 65 hours a week playing Sony PlayStation, you're out of balance. Yeah. If you like golf and you're playing 
30 rounds of golf a week, unless you're a pro and that's what you're getting paid for, you're out of balance. When's the last time you talked to your wife? Hello? When's the last? Some people miss sleep. Uh, oh, Facebook. Jesus. You're on Facebook. How many hours are you spending on Facebook? Somebody smiled like, oh, well, I don't even have a Facebook thing. But, you know, people, we live in a world full of addictions that that's the enemy's ploy to steal your life, to waste precious time in trivial pursuits. I mean, I appreciate the fact that you got to level 319, but please, what's that going to matter in, in the light of eternity? Hello. So John 15, 1 through 3, talks about how Jesus is the vine and his father's the vine dresser. This is all by way of introduction and, and so on. And he talks about how, how that uh, everyone that bears fruit, that he prunes those branches, doesn't he? And it says in the Amplified Bible in verse, verse well, I don't know, it's 1 through 3. He cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch. There should be things being cut out of your life. Get the message last week. It was phenomenal. It was great for the CEO. It was great for the student. It's great for the soccer mom. It's great for everybody. You cannot afford to waste time. Yeah. You got to learn how to cut things off that hinder what your mission is in life. Amen. So anyway, so... We're going to start getting into what we're, what we're talking about today. I want you to know that Jesus is on a mission. And you should be on a mission too. Matthew 16, let's start there. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 16, verse 16 through 19. In the New King James Version, they'll put it up there for you. Simon Peter, for the sake of time, I'm just going to go ahead and read these. Are you all with us today? If somebody's sleeping, turn and pinch them, you know, just gently, you know. Tell him, wake up, the uh, Puerto Rican lasers preaching this morning. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say unto you that you are Peter, which incidentally in the Greek means Petros, a large piece of rock. And on this rock... Greek word Petra, which is a huge rock of Gibraltar, which is, means the revelation of Jesus Christ and who he is. Right? I will build my golf club. No, is that, that's not it. That's not what he said. I'm going to build my recreational area, my swimming club. No, no. It says I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Friends, Jesus is in a building project. He is establishing the kingdom of heaven and building his church. With that, let's get into the meat of this. Let's go to our text this morning. If you've got a Bible, open it to Matthew 25. And let's read some of this together. Amen. Are you, gonna, are you all ready for this? Amen. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to the other two, and to the other one, uh, one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, the one who had received two gained two more also. 
But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Everybody with us? Verse 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you have delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more besides them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You're faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. And the Lord said to him, what did he say? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Verse 24, then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you had not sown, gathering where you had not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here you have what is yours. And the Lord, or but the Lord answered and said to to him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Is that what he said? I, I just thought I'd catch you on that. No, he said what? You wicked... And lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him that has ten talents. For to everyone who, read this with me, for to everyone who has will more be given. And to him, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be what? Will be taken away. Let's get into this. First of all, let's establish ownership. This little story, we're going to touch, we're going to keep touching this little story because uh, this little story is going to be our foundation to help understand a look at the kingdom of heaven and where you fit in there. First of all, you need to establish ownership. Ownership affects what you do, how you do it, and why you do it. I just don't go out to the parking lot today. What kind of car you had that? Did you bring the white? What's it called? What kind of car is that? It's a cougar. It's a cougar. It's a cute one too. I like that car. He's got a cute little cougar. It's kind of like a little sports car. And he's got it dialed in. Sound system is awesome. But that's, whose car is it? It's Chris's car. I can't just go into Chris's car and just go out there and just drive it away. Because why? Because of ownership issues. I said, is that right? Jeff, what'd you drive today? What'd you bring in today? He brought his Tahoe in. I can't just go into his Tahoe and just drive it anywhere I want to. Why? Because of ownership issues. Now, here's an interesting thought. What if I wanted to go on a joy ride with my wife? To Monterey, hallelujah, the man of God, getting away with the missus. And I said, I want to drive a sports car. And I went to Chris and said, Chris, can I borrow your car? Can I use, would you let me use your car? Oh, you could use mine. I, you know, who wants a Highliner Toyota? I want to drive that sports car. I want to go down Highway 1 with the missus. Can I do that, Chris? Will you let me? And he says, sure, I'll loan it to you. So he lets me have the cougar for a period of time, and I'm just coasting down Highway 1, having a good time with the missus. And the music's loud, isn't it, Chris? Because he's got a phenomenal, he's got enough sound system there to power the Coliseum. I, trust me. 
You can hear them coming 10 miles away. But you see, I'm just driving his car. It's on loan to me. I have permission from him, don't I? I said, don't I? To drive it down and enjoy it. Friends, I have news for you. Everything that you have, everything, even your breath, your whole existence is on loan to you from the Lord. Now, today's not about money. We already took the offering, so don't, everybody, just relax. It's about how you live your life. Paul described it this way. He said, you're not your own. We're talking about ownership right now. You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your bodies. When I drive, somehow or another, when I drive somebody else's car, I'm just a little more careful. Hello? Have you ever had a chance to drive somebody else's car or a rental car? You know what? It it feels different, doesn't it? Like you get in your car like, oh yeah, same old car, that old Chevy thing. or you know. But when you get into somebody else's, even if it's a rental, it's kind of like you stand at attention a little bit more. And you know that before you rented that thing, the Hertz representative was saying, well, let's see, there's no dings there. And there's a, he says, do you see the condition of this car? He says, yes. And you're going to fill that baby up with gas before you come? Yes. So you know what I'm talking about. And when you drive that car, there's an attitude change in your life. Hello. There is a difference. I mean, I'm asking you, does ownership make a difference? It sure does. Now, so the first thing we're going to say is that everything belongs to God. And uh, this whole attitude, this is my life. This is my time. I'm sorry, friends, it's His life, His time. Everything you are is His. Everything I am, until you get that, your life will be lacking in something because when you turn ownership over to Him like it belongs, that's the starting place of every good thing happening in your life. To the level that you allow Him the ownership in your life. Jesus, You are the Lord of my thoughts. You are the Lord and the owner of my body. I will worship You like uh, Romans 12. We won't turn there, but it says... dedicating all your faculties to Him. All your strength, all your abilities, all your gifts. Hello. Hallelujah. I can see we could meddle for a, uh, for a while. Let's look, at, let's look at our text right quick. So we start, with, we start with the fact of ownership. And the earth is the Lord's, in Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's in all of its fullness, the world and all those that dwell therein. So it's all God's. goes on to say, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Bring Him glory. Let's move on. Let's look at the first part of our text, Matthew 25, 14 and 15 is the verse. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered to them his goods. He delivered to to these people his goods. Whose goods? His. Remember that ownership. And to one he gave five talents. To another two and to another one. So we're going to hit two birds with one stone right here. Jesus is building something. We're in kingdom business. And the title of today's message is Taking Care of Business. (laughs) thought you might enjoy that. Taking Care of Business. Kingdom business. So he gave talents, his own talents. He gave his own inventory. And he also had a human resources center. He found out who his employees were. Hello. 
And then he says that he gave to different ones different amounts depending really on their gifts. Each according to his own ability. Equality, like everybody needs to get the same. That's not the kingdom of God. That's not, that's not how it works in heaven. It's, you know, how there's a certain feeling that people feel entitled. Like, hey, he got five, I want five. Everybody gets five, right? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. No, no, no. You don't spread kingdom things around like that. You spread kingdom things around depending on how the human resources up in heaven has determined that you have the ability according to the ability, the responsibility that you have and the maturity level. That's what he's going to give you. So here's the good news. He's not going to overload you with something that's going to wear you out, burn you out and kill you. And you're going to feel good. Whatever he gives you to do, it's always going to be good. It's always going to be comfortable. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is what? Light. So don't come talking to me that, man, it's so hard to be a Christian, so hard to work in the... No, friends, I think you're doing a few things that you added to your own list of things to do. The to-do list. Hello. If you, when you take the responsibilities, back to pastor's message last week, when you take kingdom responsibilities according to as what he has given you to do, you're going to have a good life. It's going to be really good. Balance. You're not going to burn out. You're going to burn on. Hallelujah. So there are differing abilities. The next thing is, it says, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 12. I'll read this real quick. Comparing is not good. We're not talking about equality here. We're talking about abilities that he's given. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves to some that commend themselves, but by they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, this is not wise. So you listen, take care of your own backyard. Take care of what God told you to do. I like what Jerry Savelle's daughter said. She says, um, finish what you start and take care of what you have. Or you could say, take care of what you have. Whatever's been given you to do, take care of that and finish what you start. I think if everybody at Heart of the Bay took care of what they really had, what do you got, kids? Are you taking care of them? We got a wife that's taking care of her? What, well, you got a certain responsibility at the church? Are you taking care of that? You going to school? You taking care of business? Are you going to school for Jesus? Amen. Take care of what you have. Amen. Finish what you start. That sounds like something the kingdom of God. So anyway, let's move on. Let's go back to the test. So human resources gave something that belonged to him in the first place. Your very breath belongs to him. Let's go back to our text. Matthew 25. Would you look at verse 14? For it says, for the kingdom of heaven, like a man traveling to a far country, called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And he gave five talents. God's always giving. Let's just mark this down. Unless God give it to you, you don't really have it. He gave. Look at what it says in Luke 12, 32. Fear not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Is that right? 2 Peter 1, 3, talking about God giving. He's a giver. According to His divine power, He's given us, given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that called us to glory and virtue. Oh, I like this, and I'm just going to stop right there and skip a little bit. John answered this. A man in, in John three twenty seven. look what it says in the Amplified, talking about 
that God's the giver. He's the owner. He's the giver to us. Yeah? A man can receive nothing. He can claim nothing and take nothing to himself. Nothing except it has been granted to him from heaven. A man must be content to receive the gift which is given him from heaven. I love this phrase. There is no other source. Let that sink in just a little bit. You don't need, I mean, it's okay if you're in LinkedIn and it's okay if you network with people, but you don't need some real fat and sassy, quick, sharp, you know, connection media. What you need is to get whatever you need from the source. He will connect you with divine connections you'd never regret. Hallelujah. And by the way, well, I'm not going to meddle on that. Just trust God with your connections. Amen. Amen. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Can we, can we move on? You've got to understand the principle of stewardship. We are responsible to manage what God has given in such a way that it brings glory to God and builds His kingdom. So today... If somebody asks you, mommy, 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 or daddy, daddy, what did you learn in church today? You say, oh, what did I learn in church? Oh, business administration. <laughs> That's what we're learning. Uh, did you know the kingdom of heaven is a business? Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. So this absolutely is a business. So let's talk about how you transact business in the kingdom of God. So that he that received in verse 16, he that received five went and did what with them? He traded with them. He traded with them and made another five talents. Friends, you can't sit there and look at me and say, God didn't give me anything. God has given a lot to us. He's, some of you are, are, uh, have gifts of hospitality. Some of you have gifts of creativity. Uh, some of you have gifts for uh, academics. Some of you have giftedness for mechanics. Whatever you do, if you're a producer, if you're a music producer, if you're a film producer, if you're a doctor, if you're a restaurant, if you're a cook, if you're a chef, if you're a computer, hello. Even if you're a plumber, you can glorify God. Why don't you try uh, Smith Wigglesworth, for instance? He was a plumber. The apostle of faith, hallelujah. He was called. So... Everybody has been given gifts, and yet we are responsible. You cannot wait for mama to tell you what to do with what God gave you. You cannot wait for uncle to tell you what to do, and grandma or mama or papa or some friend or some... What are you waiting for? To do something in the kingdom of God. It comes to the time where you need to believe that God gave you something valuable. You know, he's given children, youth... Grandma and grandpa, everybody in between, he's given us all something of value. How was that filming? And by the way, he was in, it was interesting. He was filming a prisoner character in, in a movie recently. Hallelujah. So use whatever it is that God has given you. If you can cook, mm, if you can make chili half as good as Pastor Tom, then you should make that chili and share it with people because that'll open the door to get them saved. Hallelujah. You can make salsa like Marcella. If you make taquitos like Greg Savella, hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm feeling it right now. Praise God. Sorry, several hours till lunch. Use what you got. It's a gift from God. Now let's talk about stewardship. A person who manages another's property, financial affairs, administers anything of the agent. 
something about everything, every gift you have, the very breath, all the energy, the fact that you're able to get up in the morning. It's a gift from God. And we have to make the most of every opportunity. Manage what you've got. Praise God. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. In the New Living Translation. Notice it says, Now a person who is put in charge as a manager... That's who we are. We're managers. What, what, what am I managing, Pastor? Every, first of all, everything about your life, God's re- re- asking you, I want you to manage that. Just like I'm going to manage Chris's car if I'm driving down to Monterey with the missus. I guess you missed that story. I'm going to manage that car real carefully. Just take real good care of it. So let's talk about this. Let's talk. Literally, you have to administer and, and manage it. And usually, it's usually a compliment to say that somebody is in management. Like my niece, she's going to be graduating from Sonoma State University. And she already has a, a job in the bag for upper management in one of the retail outlets out there in the Sonoma County area. And we're proud, I know, we're, we're proud of her. We, we're just really ecstatic. They're offering her this mondo, mondo salary. And before she ever even graduates, they're, they're snatching under her and promising her things. And she's already in training. They're going to just, they just want, she, she's got the anointing. Well, you've got the anointing. People want you, when they see the anointing on your life, because you're faithful, you'll find there are very few faithful people in the world. You're going to find this out. But, but usually it's a compliment to say, hey, uh, our kid is going to, we're being called up. Corporate is calling us. We're going to go up into upper management. Hey, you know, company car, hallelujah, this is good. Huh? It doesn't it feel good to know that some of our kids are going corporate? Somebody say yes. It's, it's all right to say yes. Well, you're getting a call from corporate. And they're asking you to be in upper management. Hallelujah. Here, here's a thought. A steward, we already talked about that. Faithful man, by the way, shall abound with blessings. But, but here's a thought about faithful. God needs faithful managers. Let me, let me tell you what faithful is. Strict or thorough in performance of duty. Hmm? True to one's word, promises, vows, a, a trustworthy person. How about this? Steady in allegiance, affection, loyal, constant, reliable, trusted, believed, and you can rely on this person. Like, our world is filled with people that don't have a clue of what faithfulness is. Try the Exxon Valdez. Uh, what was that guy thinking? Remember that Exxon Valdez that crashed? Like, here's, here's this enormous ship, tanker. And I don't know what the guy was thinking. And they run it, they run it a, a, a ground or something and, and, and rips this, this horribly. I mean, you think about the incompetence of the oil companies. <laughs> Did I really say that? But it's a certain individual. like, like you've got to be kidding, right? Like, you know, several explosions that we had recently in, in, in the other side of the bay. Like, really? I mean, we've got gas pipes that are rotten. Hello? We got people that say, hey, this needs to be chained up, but they weren't taking care of whoever the managers were, were not taking care of I thought I'd get more. I'll tell you, I'm going to tell mom to, mm, y'all have to get with me a little bit. They, I said they should have been taking care of But what we see here is a lack of diligence on the side of managers all around us, but not in this house. Can I want you to get a vision? Every Every mom, dad, boy, girl, grandpa, grandma, great-grandpa, everybody, 
diligent in what they do, managing. Think about that. Everybody taking care of business. Look at what the Bible says about diligence. First of all, here's diligent. Characterized by steady, earnest, energetic effort, conscientiousness and paying proper attention to the tasks. Amen? Being very thorough, not just thorough, hard, persistent effort when doing a task. Industrious, thorough, conscientious to the application. That, I just love being around people where things are happening. How about you? I love it. Like, you go to a shop and it's like clean as a whistle. Like, whoa, you can almost eat off the floor. Everything's real shiny. And, and then you go up there, everybody has a smile on their face. The, everything's pressed and nice. And then you go to the next shop, you know, uh, uh, the next time, auto shop, and grease everywhere. You don't even want to sit on the chairs. Like, isn't there some place to sit here? Like, ew, you feel like there's cooties on the chair. <laughs> The guy's got papers hanging everywhere. He's all disorganized. You know, his shirt's all messed up. Can I help you? You know, he's all, you know, like, what? You know, it's like, really? Yeah, we want to, we want to take care of your car. You know, we want, we want to take care of your car. I, actually, I want to tell you something. I, 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 I won't say the establishment, but I remember once I was at a certain establishment uh, getting my car, thinking about getting my car worked on, and there was, there was this, a couple of guys in suits with the, the black convoy thing, you know, the, and they show up with their sunglasses and a briefcase, like, what, what's this, the Secret Service? And they were, they were, they were putting, putting the load down on this one shop because maybe malpractices or something at the shop. It says, I felt, I need to get my car out of this place. It says, can we see you in the back room? I says, I'm out of here. You know, not every place that's open for business, hello, is taking care of business. And that's why when a business is going down the drain, they get somebody new to run it, and then you put it, get a great new sign that says, it's, it's the grand reopening under new... Under new And hopefully the person that's, a, that's the new manager is going to do things more conscientiously, pay attention to detail, be there when they say they're going to be there. Friends, the kingdom of God, you know, the kingdom of heaven here, it's a business. We are in the business of building people, getting people saved, building lives, and helping people win, healing people. Is that right? And if we're going to do that, we have to be organized. You can't be slipshod. That's why I love this church. Can I just say, this is the most organized church I have ever been in in my entire life. And I grew up in ministry. And so it blesses me to be in a church that takes care of business. We've got team people that, you know, they show up early. You know, these are volunteers that have ascertained that they have the gift from God to do this or that. And they are taking care of business. Hallelujah. I have news for you. The hand of the diligent will rule. But a lazy man will be put to forced labor. Uh, Proverbs 10 verse 4. You can look at this one. He who has a slack hand becomes poor. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. Somehow... I have a feeling, not a feeling, I have a conviction that although you hear the word of God and you're in a good place and you pray, many of you are, are offering, uh, offering your supply, I have a feeling that us being diligent at what we do is part of God's plan for you to be at the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing for the right reason. Amen. And that's part of the blessing. 
being faithful, being on spot on when you say, I'm going to be there and you'll be there. We're going to go back to that cruise to Hawaii. Not like when I showed up and there was nobody there. Like something went, so, so, something went wrong there. That's not how it's like here in the kingdom of God here at Heart of the Bay Christian Center. Somebody said amen. amen. When you say you're going to be there for someone, you're, you're going to be there. Amen. So let's, let's look quickly here. It says, he received five talents, came and he brought five other talents. Of course, he went immediately and he did something with it. Please don't bury your gifts. Please don't do that. The other one that had received two talents, he went and he traded with it. But we got a problem, friends, with the guy that just had one. And let me see if I could close it up. Which is just we got a problem with the guy that just had one talent because he was afraid. Fear. Now, how many know that uh, uh, fear contaminates your faith? You cannot live scared. You have to live in faith, knowing that you're a covenant man or woman of God, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, that the steps of a good man are ordered to the Lord, and that he, the Lord, delights in his way. That though he may stumble or fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Hallelujah. You have to learn, you have to believe, you have to live that. I know that God is upholding me. We're not going down. As for me and my house, the Hernandez house, we are not going down. I said, we are not going down. We face the same trial everybody else faces. But there's something about this boy. This boy is standing on the word. The floods came. The storms came. The rain fell. You know, it hit your house too. And from what I could tell, you're still standing. But there's a lot of people that are not standing. Oh, Jesus, you think it's so automatic. You could get acclimated to the things of God. Friends, there's a reason why you're still here. It's because God is faithful and because somehow, somewhere you've been faithful to him. You've been diligent to do something. For one, you've been faithful to come to church. Thank you for coming. Give yourself a hand while I try to figure out what I'm going to do next. But this fellow that was scared, he said he, he buried it. Let me, let me just address this quickly. And, and I, I love you. I, I, I really am trying to deliver a good... I'm doing my best to deliver a good word for you. But this just may be the, the point that helps you. All right? The word neglect comes into my spirit. And it's, it's very strong. And that's when you pay little or no attention. You fail to heed things. You disregard, you know... Your responsibilities. Also, that's a passive thing. When you neglect the gifts that God has given you, you neglect that child that God has, you neglect that husband or that wife. You just live your day like if they weren't even there. Hello. You neglect that gift in business. Some of you are gifted in money. Some of you are gifted in so many different uh, areas. But if you neglect these things, you are operating in the same function as burying that. We don't want to do that at Heart of the Bay. That's, that, that would be passive. Can I get a little more active here? Can I say that you can actually, to, be act, to, to actively neglect is to ignore. That means to deliberately pay no attention to what God has given you to put in your hand. I got a question. What do you have in your hand and what do you have in your heart? What is it? And what are you doing with it? The Lord says, if you would just do, start to do something, for some of you it's basketball. You got the gift. Mm. That's not my gift. At five foot seven, I just, it just, uh, I, I, 
But on the other hand, I have other gifts. <laughs> Praise the Lord. To fail, listen, to fail to care for or attend to properly. You hear about uh, neglect, like, like spousal neglect or child neglect and child protective services. Well, what, what are those parents doing? They're not properly taking care of those children. children. They're, they're, the children are home alone while mom and dad go off on a vacation somewhere and you got a little 10-year-old taking care of a 3-year-old. Hello. Does that happen? Have you seen that in the news? Hello. Or am I just making something up? Friends, that happens. People neglect. We live in a world of neglect. People, we, and, and if, if, we're true, if, we're, if we're truthful about it, there are things about our life that we also are neglecting. Like, when's the last time you changed the oil in your car? Ooh, ooh. So I know if some people didn't change the oil in the car for five years and finally they burned up the engine. So and let me get this straight. Because you couldn't change the oil in your car for about 20 bucks. Now you have a $2,000 bill to rebuild your motor. Hello! When you neglect things, things begin to fail. When you neglect your marriage, it starts to go down. When you neglect your children, things begin to go awry. When you neglect business in any way, things begin to just go wild their own way. You let the yard grow crazy. It just You have to keep your hand on it. Is everybody hearing what the Spirit of God says? You cannot afford... To neglect, because we've got business to do. Amen. Yep. We've got business. Business. So we're going. We're, we cannot fail to carry out and be careless about things, and we can't afford to procrastinate. What did God put in your heart? I'm going to pray for you as we're closing. I'm not closing yet, but as we're closing, I'm going to pray for you that God's going to help you, and He will help you to believe in what He has given you. And to believe that you can use it for His glory. And it will bless not only you, it will also bless those around you. I am going to read one verse of Scripture and we're going to pray for you. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. And New King James says this, Do not neglect the gift that is in you which was given you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Amplified verse 15. Practice and cultivate and meditate upon these duties. Throw yourself wholly into them as your ministry so that your progress may be evident to everybody. Can you hear God talking to you? New Living Translation and then we'll close with this. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Praise God. So stay true uh, to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. You're not here just for yourself, friends. You're here to bless a whole lot of people. 
And can I just be bold in saying, we got a lot of work to do, but it's all right. We got plenty of really good people. I'm looking around right now. I see some really awesome people that are serving God and, and managing what God has given them. If that's you, praise God, You're, you know there's a reward coming. If that's not you, let's pray. God's going to help you to believe in what he's given. Would you bow your head in prayer with me, please? Father, in the name of Jesus, the head of the church, I pray, Father, that you would give our dear friends here today courage to believe in the anointings and in the giftings and the talents that you have given. That they would be faithful and diligent to glorify God in them. I pray, Father, today, touch their lives in such a way that they, not out of fear, but rather out of, out of respect for what you have given, that they would respond to the ability that comes from heaven. And that they would put their hand to the task and that they would not only bless themselves in the process, but they would help and bless and save many people. Their families will never be the same. I declare their financial picture will never be, their health will never be the same. They'll be much better off. In Jesus' name, thank you that you help us to build this marvelous kingdom. A kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen? Amen. I'm so glad you came out to hear the word of God today. You know, I'm going to invite you, if you are not in the kingdom of God, if you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, listen carefully to me now. There is very clearly delineated in Scripture two kingdoms. There aren't, it's not a nebulous prospect. There, is, there are two kingdoms, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. There's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of the lower one, the devil. And it says in Colossians that God has translated us out of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. That's to those that have received Jesus Christ. And I don't have all, we don't have all day. I trust you've heard something about the kingdom of God. But remember, a kingdom is nothing without its king. And it was the king that established this kingdom. He wants to be king of your life. And I want, I want every head bowed and every eye closed before we dismiss today. Would you, with the uplifted hand, say, Pastor Tom, I would like to make sure that Jesus is the king of my life and I want to I want in in the kingdom of God I want out of the dominion of darkness and I want in to the kingdom of God's love his dear son that's me will you pray for me I want you to raise your hand right quick raise your hand there's one is there anybody there's a couple here come on keep them going all over there's one two help me ushers three four five anybody else there's another one there God's moving on hearts today Lord I want to thank you for what you've done Hallelujah. That you have touched our lives today with a word from heaven. And dear Lord, we want to live our life to the full. Like you said in your word, you said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more 
abundantly. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. And for these that will come and receive you, we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, friends, those of you that raise your hand, I want you to gather your things. If you would kindly move to the front. I want my prayer leaders to help us. I have to dismiss you right quick. But those of you that are going to receive Jesus Christ, let me pray with you for just a moment. Please stand to your feet. Let's give them a hand as they come. Gather your things. You'll only be about, what, 10 minutes or so.